All right, church, let's uh, let's pray. Let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true, always on time. Father, thank you for blessing us as we come into this place and blessing us on our way out. Thank you for giving us hope, a confident expectation of good in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for opening up his love for people today. And uh, we look forward with great expectation of all the good that will be done. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. All right, the gospel is the power. Definite article, the gospel is the power. I want to show you uh, where we're going to get that from. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of times when you come to church, um, you don't really hear about the gospel. You don't hear the good news. You hear about how bad you are. Would you agree? And how you failed and how you need to do something to change and put a lot of pressure on people. Um, and, and I want to show you what the gospel is truly about, the good news that God's heart, the, the, the love that he has for people, all people, not just the church, all people. For God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. Is that what it says? No, he loved the world. He loves people, people that you don't love. He loves. Amen. And there's people that don't love you, but he loves you. Yes. All right. Let's go straight to the scripture. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as through one man's uh, one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Let me just tell you this. When Christ died on the cross, he took care of two things. He took care of sin and he took care of death, right? Because if you got sin, you're going to need help with the death part. Would you agree? He took care of sin took care of death. Sin and death are behind Jesus right now in his resurrected form. Would you agree? Yes, death has been defeated. Sin has been forgiven and paid for. So sin and death are behind Jesus, right? For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Think about that. So God gave the law. Now all of a sudden there's sin imputation, right? There's people that are now now we had a set to go by and nobody could keep them. So therefore, everybody was a sinner. That's what the law was designed to do. The law was designed to point you to your sin. The cross is designed to point you to your Savior. Amen. That's why the Bible says for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Do you believe? There you go. All right. Nevertheless, death reigned. Think about that. Death reigned. Think about the word reign. Death reign. How would you like to be under that reign? Where death is reigning. Right? Don't, don't just skip over words like that. That's how important it was, the work of Jesus on the cross. Death reigned, right? Uh, from Adam to Moses. He's talking about pre-law. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him. Who was to come? Talking about Jesus, obviously. Jesus is the second Adam, the Adam that is much more, the better Adam, the more complete Adam. Adam means blood man, right? Jesus is the second Adam in Scripture, but he really is the first Adam. He replaced what the first Adam did. I'm going to show you in a minute where he was actually before that. All right. Uh, but the free gift, what is the free gift? What are we, what are we talking about? The free gift. 
he's talking about sin and death here. The free gift, we're keeping in context, is righteousness. It's a gift. It's justification, right? Would you agree that's a gift from God? Because you can't be justified by what you do. You had to be justified by what he did. He was the perfect lamb. So, uh, for but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, because of what Adam did, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Now, people like to talk, man, everybody's a sinner because Adam sinned. How about this? Why don't we tell people that even though, yeah, that's true, everybody's a sinner because Adam sinned, but because of what Christ did on the cross, many are justified. Not just many, much more. Much more are justified. How's that feel? To know that even though you sin, you're justified right where you are. You got to start looking at yourself as God sees you. Not as you see yourself. See, the enemy wants to get in here. Even your past wants to get in here and say, hey, you're not justified because you are still sinning today. But did Christ die for all sin? I'm not a 12-year-old going through puberty. Did Christ die for all sin? (laughs) I just manned up right there. You saw that? I think that might have hurt worse, actually. Yes, he did. Uh, And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. Guys, do you see that there's a comparison going on here? There's the Adam. You can be under Adam where sin still reigns. Or you can be over here where Christ is, the second Adam, where life reigns. See it? All right. Uh, For the judgment which came from the offense resulted in condemnation. That's what sin does. Sin condemns, right? But the free gift, and don't forget, it's free. But it costs God his son. It's not cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap. God had to turn his back on Jesus in order for us to have this free gift. Amen? Uh, But the free gift which came from from many offenses resulted in what? That's, look, but the free gift which came from many offenses, that's past tense, resulted in justification today. God sees you as justified. He sees you covered by the blood of Jesus. That's the good news. That's what people need to hear. They don't need to know that they're a sinner. We, heck, we can look in the mirror every day and know we're a sinner. We have a conscience. We know we mess up, right? We know we fail. But it's in that moment where the power of the gospel comes in to remind you, hey, you're still justified in my sight. Now rise up and walk. Rise up. And minister to somebody. Because the reason Satan wants you to feel like you're not worthy, that you're not uh, qualified, is because he knows how powerful the gospel is when a Christian knows that they are free, that they are justified. Because even in their mistakes, people can see, hey, that guy just rose up. He rose up. How did he rise up? How did he come back from that? Because he knows who he is. He knows the power of the gospel. Amen? For if by one man's offense, my favorite verse of the Bible, by the way. Not that y'all care. I'm just saying. (laughs) I was like, why did you say that? For if by the one man's offense, death reigned. Death reigned. Through the one, say it church, much more those who receive, receive. You have to receive it. That's the key. It's there. You just got to receive it. Those who receive. 
see what? Two things. An abundance of grace. Well, Pastor Troy, you preach too much grace. Pastor Dwayne, all you guys talk about is God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. We ain't talking enough about God's grace. An abundance of grace, right? And uh, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So instead of death reigning, you reign. Instead of sickness reigning, you reign. Instead of financial burden reigning, you reign. If there's the key, you got to receive two things. An abundance of God's favor and the gift of righteousness. You got to know you're forgiven. You got to know that you're forgiven. You got to know that his grace is much better than your sin, greater than your sin. There is not one sin that God can't forgive. You know what the only unpardonable sin is? Is rejecting Jesus. That's the unpardonable sin. And that just makes sense because if you don't believe in Jesus, he's the only way to get to heaven. But there's not one sin you can do as a believer that is greater than God's grace. And I wasn't taught that growing up. I wasn't. We were taught, man, yeah, you got to confess every single sin, every single day. Do not fall asleep unless you get them all out. Because if you die while you're sleeping, you're going to hell. Anybody else taught that when you were growing up? That's a lie. That's a lie. Christ does not want, he did not die for you to sit there and be reigned by sin and death. He died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Right? So those things, but you got to receive, that's why Satan's attacking the grace message. He doesn't want people to reign. He wants to reign. He wants your troubles to reign. He wants your doubt, your fear to reign. But the Bible says if we can understand that God is a, an abundance of favor has come upon you and that God has made you righteous, you will reign in life. Because at that point, even your sin can't stop you. Amen? All right. Uh, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, not your righteous act, one man's righteous act. The free gift came to how many men? All men. Resulting in justification of life. Justification is righteousness. You've been declared righteous because of one man's act. Not because of your act. And listen, it says the free gift came to all men. What does that mean? Well, when Christ died on the cross, he died all sin. All sin was taken care of at the cross. Not just the church's sin. All sin was paid for. They just don't know who paid for it. That's it. And therefore, that's the unpardonable sin because they don't, they don't acknowledge Jesus as their Savior and believe that God raised him from the dead, the payment for their justification. They don't go to heaven. They don't have life. But sin is paid for. In fact, Hebrews tells us that. When Christ comes back, it has nothing to do with sin. When he comes back, has nothing to do with sin. It says he's going to come back apart from sin. Because sin's paid for. It's up to us to go out there and tell them somebody paid for it. Amen? All right. Uh, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. See, that's why the law came. So that you would know that you're a sinner. Right? And you, and you would need a Savior. Uh, moreover, the law entered that the offense made abound. But check this out. Where sin abounded, where sin abounded, just when you think 
there's a sin that God can't forgive. Just when you think that your sin is too much for God to forgive, let me just promise you this. It's not. Because where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Much more. You cannot out-sin God's grace. There's no way you can do it. You can try. (laughs) I ran for a long time. It's sick. I ran for a long time. I, I was so angry at God because of my mom and all that stuff. I was so angry that I wanted to be the worst sinner so he would reject me and he'd had no reason to bring me back. But his love never left. His love brought me back. He never left. As mad as I tried to make him at me, he just sat back and waited for me to finish. And when I needed someone to wrap their arms around me, it was him. It was him. And he did that by other believers coming in. He uses people that way to show his love. They will know him by the love that we have for one another. Amen? Whoo! So, so that in... It, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sin reigns in death, but grace reigns in life. Amen. So focus on God's grace, his life, his healing, his help. Instead of focusing on your sin, instead of focusing on where you fail, we need to focus on his grace. We just read a whole chapter about it. Amen. His grace is much more. He is much more. Focus on receive an abundance of grace. So when we focus on that and we stop focusing on our failures, who do you think wants you to focus on where you fail? You think God does? Oh, God wants you to focus on Jesus, your Savior. Right? First, Jesus. His righteousness as a gift to you. You can't earn it. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we get there? Let's go to Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 16 and 17. You guys know this, but there's life in this Bible. Amen. Do you believe there's life in the Bible? Every time you read it, God just keeps producing. All right. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel there is good news. Now, who's Paul talking to? We got to know an audience. Yeah, the Romans. There's also some some Pharisees and Sadducees in there. Why would he say I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of the? He knows the law. He doesn't say I'm not ashamed of the law, for in it is the power. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Right? For it is, it is the power. And in the Greek, it's a definite article. The power. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. Solteria. Solteria is not just you're forgiven and you go to heaven. Solteria is health, life, your breath. Amen? It's the power. So, so if you're looking for a life more abundantly and you feel like you don't have it, well, the answer is found in the power, the power of God. Where's that found? In the gospel, the good news. The good news is the power of God to salvation for everyone, everyone who believes. For the Jew first, also for the Greek. For in it, what is in the good news? It's one thing, like, like if I had an envelope and, it's, and it has the gospel on it, don't you want to know what's in it? Like when you open it up to find out what the gospel is, the good news is, the good news is the righteousness of God. Not the, not the uh, 
the failure of man. See, a lot of times people come to a church and, and they want to hear, they're looking for good news, right? <laughs> we need it. What do they get? They get the badness of man. They get how bad you are, where you fail. Don't they? I, I, I got that a lot growing up. My, my grandfather was a Southern Baptist, banged a pulpit. I need a pulpit. So I can put my notes on it. <laughs> so I can stand on it and be like this. And Dwayne can hold my waist and I can lean over and look at the dolphins. That was not a good vision. I was trying to say, I trust you to hold me and not let me fall. <laughs> Ain't no getting out of that one, boy. All right. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God, not the failure of man. Hey, we need to stop preaching about the failure of man and start preaching about the gospel because the gospel will unleash the power in the people to live. Amen? So, so uh, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith and is written, the just shall live by faith. What does that mean? How many of you guys have heard that? The just shall live by faith. By faith. That means everything we do has got to be by faith. It's got to be by faith. By faith. Right? What does that look like? What does that even mean? Look, in, in, in a different translation, Young's brings it out. Okay, Young's brings it out. For the righteousness of God, it, in it is revealed from faith to faith, accordingly as it hath been written, and the righteous one by faith shall live. Check out how it starts. Now, that's different by the, the just shall live by faith. The just there is righteousness. Really, in the Greek, it's righteousness. So, and the righteous one, that's you. The righteous. See, you got to know, you got to know that you're righteous. You got to know that in God's sight, you are righteous. You can, you can stand before a holy God because of what Christ did. He made you righteous. That's the good news of Christ. I'm not ashamed of that news. You can stand before a holy God because the righteous one, now, by faith shall live. That means the key to living by faith is you got to know first that you're righteous in spite of what you do. Now, doesn't the world need to hear that? Don't you need to hear that? That God is no longer holding your sins and transgressions against you. How could he be a just God if he put it on Jesus, who was perfect and didn't deserve it, and now he's going to punish you again? Does that make sense? That's called double jeopardy. We, we don't even do that here. But we think God does that? God put all your sin, church, on Jesus. Believe it. And in doing so, did, did Jesus deserve all that? No. But he got it. He took your sin. Now, did, do you deserve his righteousness? No. But you got it. You took his righteousness. It's a divine exchange. You are righteous in the sight of God if you, if you believe in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. Uh, faith righteousness is the key to every blessing of God. That's what this whole thing is right here. It's faith righteousness. You got, by faith, you have to believe that you are righteous because that's where the battle is. Satan wants to say, hey, you're not righteous. Look what you did. Look what you said. Look at the, the sign language you used in traffic. Wow. All y'all? If it was me, I'm sorry, I was late. 
Yeah, man, see, Satan jumps on you right there and says, man, how can you call yourself a Christian? It's by faith. Righteous by faith. That's how we live, right? So uh, check this out, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ, God made Christ, who never, ever, ever, ever sinned to be the offering for our sins. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know what that means? That means we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. We are. Right now, we are right with God. So, so some people say, no, that's when we get to heaven. Hold up. So look, look, look. Who never, Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin. Did that already happen? Yeah. Yeah, the cross already happened. Can we all agree? So guess what? The result of that is we are made right with God through Christ right now. If you've, if you've accepted Jesus and you confess Jesus with your mouth, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you are made right with God right now. Now give Jesus a hand. He did that. Some people think you got to work your whole life to be made right with God when it's already done. That's why people are saved, but they feel like their death is still reigning over them. They feel like sin is still reigning over them because they're back under the first Adam. Get over here under the new Adam. The better Adam. This is your place. This is where you are. It's who you are. Amen. Dang. Voice is running wild. So Romans 5.17 told you it was my favorite verse. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. But all, all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will Live in triumph over sin and death through the one man, Jesus Christ. If you receive the abundance of grace and the fact that the gift of righteousness, it's a gift. It's not a reward, church. It doesn't say the reward of righteousness. It says it's a gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. It's a gift freely given to you to receive. Receive there means that you gotta, you got to seize it. you got to lay hold of it. It's the same word that when the Romans came, and, uh, and, they, and, they, and they seized upon Jesus in the garden, right? They took him by force. That's the same word. You know why? Because God wants you to take those two gifts by force, like they're yours. Grab them like you own them. I first started dating Kelly. We went to a party. I grabbed her like I owned her because I saw some other cats. They were like, I'm like, well, hold up. We walked around like this the whole night, boy. He's joking. It was actually the other way around. I was like, <laughs> anyway, back to scripture. Oh, how do we receive them? How do we receive those two gifts? Because they're important. They, they give you life, don't they? How do we receive them? It's by faith. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith. The psalmist had written had when he said, I believed in God and I spoke. I believe, therefore I spoke. That's how we receive those two gifts. You do it by speaking. Faith speaks. And when you start speaking, what you, what you, not what you see, but what you want to see. So, so you might not be able to speak that you're the righteousness of God, that you're completely forgiven because you're focused on your sin. But the moment you speak, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 
all that fear breaks apart. That's how powerful the word is. And, but you got you to gotta do it. You, this is what you have to do. And it's, it's, it's not something that you have to do to get it. It's something you have to do to make it happen, to make it manifest. It's already given to you. But you got to speak by faith. I believe, therefore, I spoke. Speak it out. Even when you don't believe it. That's why it's called faith. Amen, church? Are y'all learning? Me too. By the spirit of faith, that's how you receive those two things, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It's already done. You receive it by speaking. it. Amen? Look at this, Genesis 1. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. You see, God didn't speak what he saw. He spoke what he wanted to see because it was dark. And he didn't say, dark be, because he saw darkness. He spoke what he wanted to see, and it was. Darkness didn't argue with him, did it? He spoke it like a king. You have been made kings and priests. Speak from that standpoint, amen, by faith. All right, and God saw that it was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. Now, in the original, that's a capital D. So when I saw it was a capital D, I'm like, whoa, wonder who that is. Because you notice the sun wasn't created for another couple of verses down. So this light is not the sun and the moon. What are you thinking? <laughs> so I looked up the word for day in Hebrew, and this is what we get. It's day, time, year, day, 24-hour period, defined by evening and morning as a division of time, right? By the way, where did Jesus call himself? I am the light, the way, the truth. Amen? He, he's the light. He is the light. You know why? Because he knew it back in Genesis. He's the light. But look at his bottom three. Today, yesterday, tomorrow, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Amen? I'm just saying, the Bible is all about Jesus. Every single word is about Jesus. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And when you find Christ in there, you find light. But I want you to know that, that this, this is before Adam was created. So the fact that he was saying that, that the day that he was, he was going to be a division of time. Division of time. Do you know that when Christ was hanging on the cross? Literally, time was divided. How do we know that? You, you, you got B.C. and A.D. He changed everything, even time on the cross. So the fact that God knew that the second Adam was going to do that, it's almost a prophecy in Genesis chapter 1. He's saying he called it day, the light of the world. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He knew what Adam was going to do. He knew Adam was going to jack it up. But he also had a plan even before that, that Jesus was going to fix it. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. We must realize that we are dead to sin. If somebody came to me and they grew up in a church 
and, and, and they feel like they're sin, 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 and, and they're struggling with addictions, they're struggling with, with failures, and they keep doing it all over. It's sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. And they say, Troy, how would you handle that? I would tell them. The reason why is because they don't know they're dead to sin. Dead to sin. People will say, hey, yeah, you, you need to daily die to sin. That is false teaching. Did Jesus, is Jesus daily dying to sin? Izzy knows. Check this out. Romans 6, 12. Now, this is right after what we opened up with, right? He's saying that where sin increased, grace super increased. So there must have been somebody in the audience that Paul, when he was saying that, he looked at him, he said, I know what you're thinking. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more kindness and forgiveness? Right? Should we, should we keep on sinning while we're under grace? Is that what we should do? He says, certainly not. No, no, we shouldn't keep on sinning. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? If, look, since we have, say it, died. If you're dead, you're dead, right? You're not going to go to the graveyard and say, hey, you really dead or you're just sleeping? Grandma! You don't do that. Dead is dead. Dead is dead. We are dead to sin. He's saying, man, it's impossible. It is impossible for a believer to, to, to have sin all over them. Sin here is a noun. Is that important? It's not verb. It's not the action. It's the noun. How did Christ die to sin? Did Christ have sin? Nope. He died to the condemnation, the penalty, the judgment of sin. That's where we are. Does it mean we're going to sin? People are like, man, Pastor, I got ticked off the other day. Was that sin? I thought I was dead to sin. No, it was sin, but you're dead to the penalty, the judgment, and the condemnation of it. Condemnation kills. It'll kill you. It'll kill your spirit. It'll kill your drive. It'll kill what God has planned for you. That's why God doesn't want you to have that. Amen? All right. So we drop down to verse 9. We are... Uh, we are sure of this because Christ rose from the dead and he will never die again. Amen. How many can say amen? He'll never die again. Death no longer has power over him. He died, how many times, church? Once to defeat sin. And now, and now he lives for the glory of God. Now, now he lives. He died, he defeated sin and death. Now he lives, right? So you should also consider yourself. I love the other verse that says likewise. That means in the same manner that Christ died. How did Christ die? It just tells us. He died how many times? Once to sin. Likewise, you should also consider yourself, what? Dead to sin. Every day? No. Just like Jesus. Once and for all. Your sin has been paid for once and for all. Don't walk around feeling, oh man, I'm such a sinner. I'm such a sinner. I'm not qualified anymore. I got to ask for forgiveness all the time. You don't ask for forgiveness to be forgiven. You ask for forgiveness because you're forgiven. And, and man, that, that's a different mind. That's a different perspective. Now it gives you the power to get up and walk because God's not holding it against you. If God is not holding your sin against you, why are you holding your sin against you? That ought to free some people up right there. Y'all can leave. You got what you you got what you came for. 
<laughs> Don't leave because I'll call you out. All right. Uh, so you should consider yourself dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. That's the one that's preached all the time. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should give into its lustful desires. A good girl. Just let you know I can preach. God. I need my handkerchief. Um, don't you love when they throw the at the end of every word? Turn to him number 369. All right. Um, it says, where, see where it says do not let sin? In the original it says therefore. Therefore, do not let sin reign. Therefore, therefore, do not let sin reign. How do I not let sin reign? Where it says therefore, whenever you see a therefore, find out why it's therefore. The reason that verse is there is because of the previous verse. You wouldn't know what therefore is if you didn't read ahead of it. What if a book started out with therefore? You'd be like, what the heck happened? Right? You want me to start here? All right. Therefore, it's there. The reason that you cannot let sin reign in your body is because you got to consider yourself dead to sin. It's already been paid for. And the reason it's already been paid for, hello, you go back to the previous verse before that. Because Christ died to sin once and for all. Christ died. That's a great place for an amen. Christ died for sin once and for all. He should get the glory for that. And so for Christ to die of sin once and for all and be made right with God, live to God, how do you live to God? You got to live to God. You got to live for God. How? Look, just like Jesus, knowing that sin is paid for, knowing that you are righteous, now you cannot let sin reign in your body. You know how sin reigns in your body? That's a noun, by the way. It's, it's the judgment part of sin. It's not the action. You know how sin reigns in your body? It's because you focus on the fact that surely God can't be that good. Surely he can't forgive all sin. What I just did was unforgivable. I can't even forgive myself. Anybody ever been in that boat? Yeah, the way you do that is to realize Christ died to sin once and for all. You got to know you're dead to sin. If you're a believer, you're dead to sin. Sin has no more say so in your life. In fact, the day you die, you get to heaven, sin is not going to stop you. Not even sin you did since you were a Christian. That's how good God is. You know what? You get up there and say, hey, God, please forgive me. It's going to be too late. You know what you need to do when you stand before a holy God? A holy God. Don't say holy God. Say, Father, it's because of Jesus that I can stand right here. It has nothing to do with me. I failed all the time, but I knew who I was. In fact, you almost are giving God more glory by humbling yourself and saying, my sin's paid for because you're recognizing what Jesus did on the cross. That's what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you focused on, on what you do for his kingdom. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Can't even keep the nursery. There, there's some non-believers that should be keeping the nursery. You a non-believer? You got nursery duty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to not grow as a church. <laughs> That'd be like step one of the new members class. You got nursery next Sunday, dog. Nah, we just want to know you're for real. 
because that'll tell us <laughs> if you for real. <laughs> oh, anyway, back to scripture. All right. Uh, so we drop down to verse 18. I want you to see verse 18. We're almost done. Now you are free from sin. Say amen, church. Amen. You are free from sin. When? Now. Now. You are free from sin. Well, how can that be? How can that be? I sin every day. Man, it's not talking about the verb. It's talking about the noun. There's no more condemnation for you. How can Paul say that in chapter 8? There is therefore now no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. How can he say that? Because we are set free from sin. The punishment and judgment of sin is no longer ahead of us. It's behind us. You know why I know that? Because we're sin and death where Jesus is right now. It's behind him. Guess what? You are in Christ. Christ is in you. Death and sin are behind you. Oh, you have become slaves to your new master. Who's your new master, church? That's a good master. Righteousness has a name. His name is Jesus. It's a gift. You remember they call it the free gift? Jesus as a gift is much more than just dying for your sins. This is what you need to focus on, church. This is how you know. This is how you have life. This is how life reigns in your body and not sin. you got to know that you have been made righteousness. Which brings me back to 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Right now, where you sit, in spite of what you've done, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are righteous in God's eyes. Righteous. Sin and death behind you. That's what we need to tell the world. But before we can share it with the world, church, don't you know you have to believe it? You have to believe it. You have to believe that you cannot out God's great love for you. And people, and people say you, you, you got you to gotta obey in order to be blessed. Let me just tell you this. If Christ, the greatest blessing, would you agree Christ is the greatest blessing ever? I mean, it's like rhetorical, right? If, if, if God gave Jesus, when? When we were right? While we were still sinning, what makes you think God's going to hold anything back from you? Until you get right. You can't get right. The one that is right made you right. And that's the key to receiving all of God's blessings, is knowing that he has qualified you. You are qualified by the blood of Jesus. Is that good news, church? Well, let's stand up and give Jesus a hand for what he's done for us. And I hope, I hope, and I pray. Man, I hope and I pray that when you walk out of here and you fail because you will fail, when you fail, that you immediately, in your head, confess that you are the righteousness of God. Because that's how he sees you. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. That blood, you can't shake it. You can't shake it. Your sin doesn't overpower it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are dead to sin, church. Dead to sin, just as Jesus is dead to sin. Sin and death are behind him. This gives you the power for salvation, solteria, power to live right now, power to be healthy right now. Amen? Isn't God good, church? Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. All right.
if you uh if you don't know who Jesus is, like I told you, it, that has to be the most impossible thing in this building right now. Would you agree? Yeah, I want you to know he loves you right where you are. You heard it for the last 10 minutes. You got to know Jesus loves you right where you are. In spite of who you are, in spite of what you've done, Jesus loves you. And I'm not just talking to the church. If you have not confessed Jesus with your mouth, you don't believe he's alive, or now you do. Let me just tell you something. All sin has been paid for. All sin has been paid for. Don't think that you can't walk down here because you got some kind of sin issue, man. You don't want people to see it and all that stuff. Listen, we are going to pray a prayer. We'll pray it out loud together. And all, the Bible says, all you, I love that the Bible says confess Jesus. It doesn't say confess your sin. It doesn't. To be saved, it doesn't say confess your sin. Confess Jesus. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. That means he's alive today. The Bible says you will be saved right there, right there. Not after you take a 12-week new member class. Amen? Right where you are, you're saved. So let's pray, church. Just repeat after me. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your love for me. I just confess with my mouth Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I believe He's alive today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your great love for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved right where you are. Right where you are. God made it easy. Religion hijacked it. Amen? We don't do religion here. God made it simple. It wasn't cheap. Don't forget. Cost God his son. He had to turn his back on his only son. The, an innocent son. A lot of us know our sons aren't innocent. We wouldn't turn our back on them. God turned his back on an innocent son. He's the only man ever in the history of the planet to be rejected by hell, earth, and heaven at the same time. And he did that for you. He, did, he turned his back on Jesus to face you and say, hey, welcome home. Because of what's going on right here, I can't even look at it right now. Because he's my son and he's innocent. But he's taking your sin. And that's why I can stand here and say, hey, welcome home now. Welcome home. The veil was torn right then and there. He did that for you. He loves you that much, church. So religion jacked that up, man. But if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know right where you are, you are saved right now. Forever. Forever. Forever? Forever, ever? Forever, ever. I'm bringing Pastor D up here. He's going to pray us out. Pray a blessing over you. He has been gifted that way. The Lord, he just speaks scripture over you. We receive it by saying amen. If you're looking for a church, uh, this is who we are. It's what we believe every Sunday. Amen. This is what we believe, man. We know who we are. We know whose we are. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, we just ask that you come down and, and make a note of that on these uh, these forms down here. Um, if you need prayer, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to be able to pray over you. We have oil um, that we'd love to be able to smack you up the head with, remind you who you are, whose you are, what's been done for you. But as a as a body of believers, we truly believe that laying hands on people, we've seen it in this church, amen. <laughs> Where, where people have been healed, and it's un, but it, it shouldn't be unbelievable, but in the natural, you're like, man, God is really good. Really good. Really good, Mr. Art.
He loves you. I can tell you that. He loves you. So Pastor Dwayne's going to pray us out of here. You guys just uh, receive it by saying amen. Amen? Let's bow our heads together. Go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your word that is true. We thank you, Father, that you've given us faith that we can receive forgiveness and justification and salvation and the peace, Father, the joy that comes from knowing you, from having a relationship with you. We thank you for this opportunity to commune with you, Father, and to fellowship with one another today. Thank you for the opportunity, Father, to come to you, and not just in prayer, but in praise and worship and thanksgiving. Father, thank you for your words you've spoken out over us. And we declare today, Father, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. And we are honored, Father, to follow him. And so, Father, I thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. You're not a God who only blesses us once, but you bless us upon blessing and blessing upon blessing. And I just speak that out over this house, over every individual and every household, every family represented in this place, God. Thank you, Father, for being uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you for being our protector. Thank you for being our peace. I speak this over each and every person, every life. Thank you for causing each and every one of our lives, Father, to be significant in the kingdom of God. But we thank you, Father, for equipping us to do every good work in your name. And I just bless this people, Father. Bless this body. Bless this church and this community. And we do this all in Jesus Christ's name. Let everybody say amen. 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 We are dismissed, church.